0: On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together,
1: to have the same e- experience of being emotionally immature, mm-hmm. and to, in order to be, let, let me go deep because this is just coming from my spirit, you know.
0: Yeah, because you only put five inches in. The, we we want to. <laughs> yeah. b-
1: you' about to get another three because you ain't. Even yeah, that's how what what You know, you ain't know I was packing like that. <laughs> You know, you ain't even know. I got that big knowledge over here. Y'all better stop playing.
0: This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, Please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one on one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies Night. Focusing on self care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune into this week's episode. For the queen,
2: sisters manifesting dreams. Get your cream by any means and beam with self esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vica. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Bunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss, God is heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie your savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.
0: I have a wonderful, beautiful guest waiting in the waiting room. I adore this sister so much. She's funny, she's smart, she's smart and she comes up with a lot of, she makes, she plants a lot of seeds whenever I talk to her. And it's always good to find a new friend with like minds, very special to me. So I'm going to bring this beautiful sister out in the waiting room.
1: Hi. Hello, (laughs) hello everyone. (laughs) Hey Sarita. Hello, it's wonderful to be
0: here, thank you for having me Thank you for saying yes again Everyone, if this sister looks familiar It's because she has been on quite a few times She's a show favorite from the listeners to myself So Sarita, I'm going to read your bio for people who have not met you before, is that okay?
1: Perfectly fine
0: Excellent So as I said, I'm talking to Sarita Yvonne. She's a therapist, a teacher, a coach, and she's also a certified clinical trauma professional, hypnotherapist, recovered codependent, sexual abuse survivor, and a retired superwoman that has mm-hmm. transformed into a superhuman being. She's accomplished some things, but she said this isn't about her. She said it's about you. And you are capable, capable <clears> of, <throat> of moving mountains and creating miracles for others. And she wants you to believe in you. Serena, so did I forget anything else? Did anything
1: <laughs> I, yeah, all? I didn't even know you were... listen. like, Oh yeah, I did write that about me. And it's all true. So thank you. It is true. We've talked enough offline.
0: It is all true, which is why you're one of my favorites to come back on. And so for people who have listened before, we did a very good, a phenomenal episode about toxic D you will have to go into season two. I believe it's episode 15, It doesn't matter. It's there. Just go back to season two so you can watch Toxic D part one. But today we are going to take a deep dive into Toxic D. This is part two. Also, (laughs) right? (laughs) Also, (laughs) anyone, tell me hello. Let me know where you're you're, uh, tuning in from. You just want to say hello to Sarita. Um, Also, I put a link. In the description box, if anyone has any questions that you'd like to come on air and ask Sarita, just click on that link. I will see when you come in and I will patch you into the broadcast, Uh, especially if the question is relevant to this topic. If you do not want to come online, that is okay. You can also just type your comments in the description box, in the comment section, and I'll read them on air.
1: I think that's fair. What do you think? I think it's um, absolutely amazing. I look forward to talking to anyone who just wants to come and share and have some dialogue and maybe learn something new. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um,
0: What I'm going to do first is read. I want to preface
1: this topic. This oh. do you want to do it or you want me to do it? Wait, you can do it, but I got to give some disclaimers because yes all the way real today and it's all in love. Okay. So let me get started. Now the disclaimer begins with <laughs> and I'm laughing because the shit is so real. As we move through this conversation, it may get a little uncomfortable. But if you find yourself saying it's too big or it hurts, you got to be willing to be uncomfortable to grow. Don't try to tap out or pull out. okay? because the best is really yet to come. And I rather I should say we here on this podcast, we want to explode the walls of your mind because it's important for you to recognize that all limitations are self-imposed. Now, Ursula coined this. So I'm going to use this and give her some props. Don't ask for verbal lube. Okay. It is what it is. And we are talking real. And the point is never to shame or blame, but to really shine the light on the truth and the areas and the ways which you might be a little humanly dysfunctional. And I say human because it's normal. So don't ask us to be quiet because we might wake the kids. (laughs) Because... (laughs) everyone needs to be woke. And this is a conversation that really has a source in generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So we got to be willing to tell the truth because if we're not talking to our kids about these things, we are teaching our children by our action. And the last one, well, almost the last one is, if we start hitting the spot, don't move, don't squirm, don't hit mute, don't be distracted, don't be trying whatever tactics that you might use To try to prevent yourself from getting some truth. Don't put your hand on the chest. Don't don't do none of that. Don't do none of that. You know what I'm talking about. It's about enjoying your big O. Because a real O is you recognizing that you can own your own love. You can own the ways that you might have hurt yourself. And you can heal. Because can't nobody give you a ding, I mean a thing, that you can't give yourself. So let's go ahead and get started. You go ahead and read, girl. Ooh. That's my disclaimers. You put the whole nine in already. I put it all. Don't ask me just to put the tip in because I don't do it like that. Yeah, that was <laughs> we just. She
0: just gave the tip, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make it <laughs> to the base by the end of this topic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna that. read my preface, and I, and Sarita, Thank you for the disclaimer because. I really I feel that um when someone wants to grow or you have that urge to want to grow it is uncomfortable but sometimes you have to sit in it
1: mm-hmm. you have to sit in it sit, sit in, in it
0: move through it move through it but mm-hmm. if anything you'll just anybody including myself have a lot more self-awareness moving forward. So with that being said, I'm not telling anybody to ignore Toxic D. I'm not telling you how to get it because it, it, it's good. This is just some <laughs> tools to take <laughs> it to the weekend. So let me read this. Um, this is from a book that Sarita and I are both reading. Um, Okay. I'd be remiss not to forewarn you that the goal of this Topic is not to bash black men or women, uh, solely to focus. Hold on, let me. I don't have my glasses, I got my magnifying glass right here. (laughs) Don't talk about me. (laughs) Focus on why we cheat on black men. You'll have to go back to the book for that. That's what the topic. Um, the author is saying, besides, it takes two people to tango or at least two to tolerate dancing with someone that's always dancing with other people and probably not protecting themselves while doing it. What's often not acknowledged is that the fact that the black women are particularly guilty of passive promiscuity in which they continually allow men to have sex with them, oftentimes unprotected with relative ease and no required long-term commitment. Mm. And I'll just stop right there. <laughs> you know, anybody who knows me knows. Okay, let me put my eyeballs back. Anybody who knows me knows this. this definitely isn't coming from judgment because anyone who knows me, I've been on both sides of this. Full disclosure. Hello, Francesca. How are you? And she says, uh, me, literally, yes. And... <laughs> She said, yet you give yourself the best orgasms. I agree. I agree, too. <laughs> so let's let's get right into this, this toxic D. So what age does this cycle of this, this toxic cycle usually start? I know it's not black or white, but just generally, what time do you think it starts?
1: You know, it's... This what does a- it look like? This is a great question and I'll do my best to try to contain my answer because I don't think it's a specific specific time. I think there are specific events because when a baby is born, when a male child is born, they have a light in their eyes. They're so loving. It's not like girl children are more loving than boy children. They want to be loved. They want to be held. They want the affection of their parents or caregivers that are supposed to take care of them. So where is the disconnect? So for me, I think that (laughs) the responsibility lies in two places and both interact and affect one another. And one is the culture. We cannot ignore, we cannot deny the impact that the whole culture has on parenting expectations and on gender roles. I think, however, and because of my understanding of human development, we have to look at the family, we have to look at the parents and we have to look at the mother. And when, you know, there is this statistic that most of us know that 70%, 76% of black children are born to single mothers. So that means that black children are born with a wound, a wound of abandonment, a wound of neglect, already. And if that mother isn't whole, complete, if she's feeling unworthy, if she hasn't resolved her issues with men or whatever caused her to be in the situation that she's in, there's no shame or judgment on either side. But this is to understand human beings and what humans need. So if this mother is not emotionally available, if she is not Um, consistent with her caregiving, her nurturing, her communication, her respect, because the culture tells you that we don't have to respect children because they're children. Well, children learn respect because they are respected, not because they are told to respect other people. Mm. That's the disconnect. So if little boys are taught to be men, don't cry. You, you know, you men don't cry. Boys don't cry. When do they ever get to be boys? And here's one thing I want to end with when it comes to the emotions and the expectation of how boys are supposed to act and how they're supposed to present. We've talked about shame on some of our previous conversations and in our our previous podcasts. but shame is something that I don't hear men talking to other men about, but I hear other men using it against men in order to tame and blame. Can you explain that? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Give me one second. Yes, I will. I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> that just came out, but yes, I will. Okay. When a parent shames a child, and this is human psychology I'm talking about here. This is not my opinion. When a mother or ch- or parent consistently shames a child for having emotions, for emoting, for having normal childhood um, feelings or reaction based on their development, the child learns that when, in, in order to have these feelings, or when I have these feelings, then I am shameful. So, the, what is natural to them becomes defective. Something is wrong with me. And they cover that with all kinds of masks. And one of them is sexuality. So, your turn. <laughs> Questions, thoughts, comments?
0: I have a thought, and I'd love for you to expand on. So a lot of people who are on my social media, they saw me at the pool with the screaming baby.
1: Mm,
0: I saw it. (laughs) I laughed. (laughs) But I'm not going to go there with that. But before the screaming incident, I was sitting and I saw a counterpart, our counterparts next to me. Mm-hmm. And the little, the little girl, she said, she was so sweet. She's like, daddy, I want a hug. Can I hug? Can you hug me? And he's like, sure, honey. And they get on the beach table, the beach chair, and he's hugging her. They wrap each other in a cocoon, in a towel. And she looks so content and peaceful. She's like a little angel face. So then I see my sister, she walks by with uh, two boys, And when I say sister, like a soul sister, I didn't know her. She's a black woman. And the little boy, I don't know what he said to her, but, oh, I did hear this. He wanted her to pick her, pick him up. I'm not picking you up. No, I'm not your friend. And then, you know, they jumped in the pool and life went on. Is that where a seed could be planted? Is that what it could look like?
1: Yes, I wanted to talk about that because, through first of all, we know through uh, attachment research and social science and psychology that the first three years of life are the most important. They're the most important in human development. So your brain is shaped based on your experiences, and if your experiences are consistent invalidation, dehumanization, no. You can't. No, you're not. No, you're not worthy of my time. Sit down. Be quiet. No, you don't need to feel that way. The world don't care about what you're talking about. If this message is consistent enough so that, no, you need to walk constantly. And I'm not saying that parents are wrong, but I think at this point we have a responsibility in being aware, aware of how our communication and our ideals of control or, um, forcing a child to be, um what's the word I'm looking for? It's called adultification or parentification of a child, meaning you want them to be farther along in their development than they actually are ba- based on their brain development. A little child absolutely still wants to be picked up. My daughter's three. She still asks me to pick her up. And I do, because at what point in life Can we reach for someone and say, pick me up? I need love. I need attention. And it's freely given. This childhood is the time. Mm. And so if it's withheld constantly because you believe your child or you're dysfunctional um, or you think that this is what you need to do in order to raise a man, then what you are teaching the child is not to need anyone, to not reach out, to think to themselves that they are sufficient to not show emotions. That's what you are teaching the child. If you are constantly interacting and communicating and placing expectations on them, that you're alone, that no one cares about what you think or want. It's not important. So how is this child then going to grow up and be a man and function in relationships? Is that what it looks like
0: with the emotional shutdown, emotional uh, unavailable? just
1: blocked off that can usually start at a very young age because you've learned that it's not safe to be emotional you've learned that i can't need anyone i can't rely on it because it hurts me to be denied every time i reach out think about it as an adult as an adult if you are constantly being shut down by someone and and every time you reach out or every time you ask for connection, are you going to keep doing it? No, that's, that's painful. That's attachment. That's attachment. That's attachment theory. And it's called reactive attachment. Like I cannot, it's not okay for me to be vulnerable because I'm always hurt. And we are designed for survival and self-protection. So that means that oh, every time I try to reach out, I could, I'm reopening that first wound. And for some of us, particularly men, they have no remembrance of their first event, especially if it happened before you had words, where you were, const- where you didn't get the attention or the mirroring. Mirroring means I see you. I understand that you have feelings. You're feeling frustrated. I get it. You're sad. And it's okay to be sad. And you can still set boundaries, but you don't deny the child's emotions and their feelings. And that happens with Black boys and Black girls all the time. Is
0: that the beginning also? It sounds like the beginning of the Black superwoman. a seedling it is, of
1: it. It's the beginning of toxic shame. And then you put on the mask so it can look like Superwoman. It can look like, well, I'll find validation and worth through my penis. And I will sex a whole bunch of women a whole bunch of times so I can feel like I'm a man. Because really, I'm disconnected and void and lonely. Yes, we be lonely as hell and compensating in in other kind of ways because we don't know how to get our needs met. Oh, my God. Ooh.
0: <laughs> I'm going to marinate on that for a minute. And as I marinate, I'm going to read a couple of comments. Um, May the little boys and girls heal from childhood life experiences in adults. Um,
1: yeah. Oh,
0: yes, them aces are real. Uh, Francesca, mm-hmm. how do you pronounce her name? I can't see. Oh, you can't. Oh, yeah. I don't have my glasses. Forgive me, sis. I'm going to call you Miss Hardgrove. I, I don't have my glasses. Sorry. Oh, she's one of my... Hi, hey, girl. She hey. was talking about uh, those aces are real. And from my understanding, aces are uh, adult
1: childhood experiences. Actually, you're so close. It's adverse childhood experiences. Yeah, so those are the experiences that we have. There's been um, a lot of research, I think over a decade of experiences um, that include emotional neglect, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, living in community violence, witnessing abuse, like your mother being physically abused. All of these things impact how your brain is shaped and can absolutely determine your trajectory in life, including your physical health outcomes. And that's what we're talking about. And Mm. toxic D is just a mask of trauma that ain't been dealt with. Mm. What about toxic boys who've been hurt by toxic men? That's exactly what I was talking about by taming and blaming. So let's talk about this shit because... If I hear the alpha, I'm an alpha male, be an alpha male, one more time, I'm going to vomit. It is so fucking ridiculous because when you think about the idea of an alpha male and what it represents, it's like pack animals, (laughs) animals, let's say, and they are um the leader the dominant one it's about let me let, let me explain let me break it down break An it alpha down. male cuz even when i looked it up cuz i was like what are they saying and alpha male is dominant he has power he is the one who makes decision and he's not concerned with what other people think i was like oh this sounds like emotional neglect to me Because when I look at this, I'm like, oh, this is someone who got some issues with connection and vulnerability. And Mm. they're so focused on power and projecting worth that they are making themselves, really, we're talking about, uh, I think there's some toxic shame in there, but I'm not judging. We're talking about this, this idea of how a man is supposed to be. And what's so stupid is like, there are rules to this alpha male shit. If you follow rules, you ain't alpha male. <laughs> if there's an alpha male list to be an alpha male, you must have sex with a lot of women. Mm. Okay. Check. You're not alpha male. Cause you you're a follower. You're not fucking leading. So you, you feel me? Yes. If you're alpha male, You encourage young boys to have sex early. So they won't be gay. Gay is bad. Gay is weak. Gay is like women and women should be submissive and follow. Check, you're not a leader because you ain't thinking for yourself. This is like a throwback from the patriarchy. You're tribal, sir. Your ancestors were tribal. Tribal for us means egalitarian. Can you imagine Zumbutu coming out his hut one day talking about, you all will continue to collect berries and hunt, but I am the leader of this tribe. Right. I am more important and you will listen to me. I depend on you for my survival, but I'm the leader. They would be like, listen, take your Kyrie shells, get your sandals and shit, get your bones. You go ahead and you be a leader of one. Not the cowrie shells. we sharing over here. we sharing over here. You see what I'm saying? Because there I was did. a time human beings could not survive. So when you're talking about what roles men's are, men and women are supposed to play and you put that on little boys you're saying that what you think and who you are isn't important. What's more important is that you follow these roles and rules that's based on toxicity in many cases and Mm. not individual thinking.
0: Do you feel me? My God. So is that why when you see a group of men and if maybe if one is married and not just steps out on his wife, but continuously steps out on his wife, And the other men are not like, hey, you know, that's not right. Or tell him, stop.
1: Talk about that. They won't. They laugh. They take pointers. How did you get away with that? I know because I'm a recover hoe. I know what they do. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know about toxicity and trauma because I done lived it. Exactly. (laughs) And it's, for us, it's normal. That's why we're so dysfunctional. It's not abnormal for a man, first of all, if he get married before the age of 40. <laughs> okay. Come on now. And secondly, if he's, if he's faithful, we're like, oh, okay. And if he's not, It's almost like at this stage in where we are as a community, no one's surprised. I mean, am I I mistaken? No, you, yeah, you're quite right.
0: It is normal.
1: And listen, women play a part. This is not bashing. We, I think it's about shining the light. So we shift together as individuals, but also as a community. Because we are complicit. Because we struggling with the same issues. It just looks different. Is that what,
0: referring back to the passive promiscuity mm-hmm. from the woman?
1: Yes. Oh, girl. Why is to- you know how you know it, we involved because toxic D is still getting pussy. Who is giving this toxic ass nigga? More? Other toxic <laughs> women. How is he getting some? How is he, got, how does, how he do get seven, eight kids? Cause he gets still getting some because see, tell me on my line. And all we have to do is look at our music and look at our body of work that we produce as a community. Not all of us, but is integrity sexy? You tell me. No. Well, we look at a man and we like, he's so emotionally available. He openly talks about his feelings. I love him. We might say that when we fifty, but I mean, at twenty, are we really saying that, ladies? Let's be honest.
0: No, I wasn't, and I'm sure some of my I friends wasn't. are on. Uh, know me from back in the day. No, that wasn't even a that wasn't even a thought. That's we are complicit. Wait, because... let me see what that miles do. That's what I'm thinking. That's what we're thinking. We are not thinking about. <laughs> I'm just being honest. We are not thinking about emotional wellness and higher emotional intelligence. (laughs) Uh, And even as an adult in my 30s and 40s too. (laughs) But yeah, I've been to therapy. So now I, I, don't get me wrong. I still want that. Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) Well, which part? (laughs) Look, all of it. However, (laughs) because of therapy, I also know now to add emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-esteem, self-worth.
1: Yes, Yes. and that's so important. And I think many of us don't require it because we don't recognize those qualities in ourselves. We don't recognize when we struggle with self-worth. And if we do recognize it, we cover it up with ambition and doing and trying to make money and putting on various masks, It's difficult, I know, because it was difficult for me to see it with all of my reading and intelligence, and I'm so smart and all my spirituality. It took for me to understand trauma, to be able to see the ways in which I did not love myself, or to really be honest, where I hated myself based on my childhood experiences, based on my own trauma. And that is difficult. And if you have these spots within you, these holes within you, then you will naturally be attracted to a person who has the same issues, the same complexes, the same struggles with self-worth. Mm. And will be toxic together. Because human beings love in a way that is familiar. That's the attraction. That's why the good, emotionally healthy dude ain't sexy to us. Because he's not going to traumatize you the way you have been traumatized throughout your past and your childhood. Right, right. It's that quiet Mm -hmm. hidden attraction and you don't even know because it is familiar. It is. That is (gasps) our... We are looking for love based on our wounds and especially if you don't do the healing if you're not honest if you're not willing to look back at your 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 relationship history and see the patterns of all your bullshit like you can name all the bullshit they done did and you got a whole mental list probably some spreadsheets where you keep track of everything that was ever done to you but you gave the nigga your phone number. You was yeah. the one <laughs> calling him into existence. And then when you meet him, you're like, mm, something about him. Yeah, he's toxic. He's going to hurt you the way you've been hurt in the past. That's exactly. what it is. Um, may I read a comment from Miss Hargrove?
0: She said, once you love yourself and know your worth, you know when When enough is enough, true, no matter how good the dick is, there is nothing like peace of mind. I say thank you, Miss Hargrove, for that comment. I love it. I love it. Mm.
1: I'm just, I just would like to add to that. uh, Please do. We say, know your worth all the time. And It can be challenging for both men and women to admit when they don't know their worth. And that this is why shame is so um, insidious and can be so toxic because you may not even have the words to identify, to express the ways in which you feel worthless. And it's not a knowing. You have to learn it. Because if you don't know it, it's because you never learned it. Because the people who raised you or who were around you or your family, they did not value you as a full, complete, total human being. That is why you struggle. It's not because you've done something wrong or you're bad or because you're toxic. We like to throw that word around. It's not. It Mm. means that you haven't learned the tools, the steps, the ways of identifying worth from within, instead of doing it doing it externally. The way you was, the ways you practice self acceptance, um, the ways you practice self awareness, the ways that you begin to trust yourself and reconnect with your intuition. Because having a sense of worthlessness means that you don't trust yourself you don't listen to that still small voice you don't listen to your intuition and your knowing that's why you can ignore red flags and then when the relationship's over you can list them all because you saw them because you knew it because you had a feeling but you disregarded it so it's really really about reconnecting with yourself that's what knowing your worth is you're real you from a place of compassion and gentleness that's how you rediscover your worth.
0: I love what you said about ignoring the red flags because we do eat those red flags we we see like it candy. yeah and it comes packaged and I'm speaking from personal experience me too. for decades so there's no judgment on my actually let me keep it real they've been red blankets. It just flags just everywhere, but you know, God gives us this intuition and we do not use it. You know, I'm just now dusting mines off, it's always been there. But, uh, um, Miss Hargrove said red flags are never ever green, and here's another comment, uh, she said, dead uh we be on i can't read that i don't i can't read that um <laughs> she said also here's another comment if your father was absent in your upbringing you'll be searching for that man in every motherfucker you come across thank you for that that <laughs> comment miss hargrove thank you
1: because she's correct that's an abandonment wound, I know, because that was me. Um, but really what you're searching for, really the truth is you're searching for someone to love you, but you're going to be looking for it in people who can't or don't or won't or don't yeah. have the capacity to. They because don't have the capacity and it's not, Um, familiar. I
0: don't mean to cut you off, but you're right. It's not, they do not have the capacity to, and I feel that sometimes we we just, if I, buy him enough items, if I fuck him good enough, if I show him how good of a wife or a wifey material, it's not going to ha- There's always going to be some kind of missing void.
1: Always. It has to be that way until you heal because that just goes back to attachment and being attracted to attempting to get your needs met. But the only places you know how to look for it is in what is familiar. And what is familiar Mm -hmm. is not going to get your needs, man. And denial plays a huge part in that. And when we are traumatized or when we have parents who are not emotionally available or emotionally whole or they're emotionally immature, then it sets us up to have the same experience and become become disconnected from our own emotional natures. Ooh. And I'm go ahead. Read that last sentence again. That was I awesome wasn't reading. Going. That was just <laughs> <laughs> that was just I, I was saying that it sets us up to have the same e- experience of being emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. And to, in order to be th- let, let me go deep because this is just coming from my spirit, you know.
0: Yeah, because you only put five inches in. The, we we want <laughs> yeah. to
1: you about to get another three because you ain't even Yeah, ready. that's what I did. <laughs> you know, you ain't know I was packing like that. <laughs> you know, you ain't even know. I got that <gasps> ego knowledge over here. Y'all better stop playing.
0: Well, give me another couple <laughs> inches. I'm ready. Because I'm you using know, my
1: Yeah, you know, I was feeling it too. What, what the hell was I saying? Oh, <laughs> about emotional immaturity. Uh- uh-huh. How deep the shit goes. In order to be emotionally immature, you must deny who you really are. You have to deny your emotional nature. It's your nature to feel the entire spectrum. That's what it means to be human. And when you are taught, that it is not safe, it is not okay, or it is shameful to feel what is natural for you. The only way that you can survive is denial, to sacrifice yourself, to sacrifice your truth, to to cut out your own tongue. Mm. That's why you ignore red flags, because you were taught to do that. Because when we are young and we are shut down, devalued, abused, um, emotionally neglected. In order to survive those experiences, you have to deny your own feelings. Attachment research shows that every time a child will choose attachment to the adult figure over their authenticity, your survival depends on you doing that. So you learn it so well that it becomes automatic. You don't think, oh, I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling like this person is lying. And then you think about, I'm going to deny it. No, it's unconscious. It becomes unconscious like everything else that you learn. You learn how to drive. When you approach a red light, you don't think, oh, I need to stop. You automatically slide that foot on the brake so easy, so smooth. You know what I'm saying? No Mm -hmm. jerking required because you've practiced it. You've mastered it. Yeah, emotional. you're right. The master,
0: you're right. Excuse me, I'm going to cut you off. But you're right because we master it because while we automatically know to push that breakdown, we're also on the phone, texting, playing around the radio, but we automatically know to press down on that break.
1: Wow. That's yeah. something else. And denying your emotion is the same process. It's the same thing. Especially, now let me, let me throw one more thing in there and then I, you certainly can talk. Many of us are so sensitive. Are you talking about regarding the males or the females? All of of us. And I know for women, we are absolutely sensitive, but let me break it down. Let me show you how this shit works. When you grow up, as many of us have in toxic situations, whether it was we didn't get our needs met, physical um, or emotional, especially for a lot of us. You become so attuned to the needs of your parents. Oh, when they use this tone of voice, I know to act like this, or I know to remove myself. I know to be silent. You become so aware of what is happening around you because your survival depends on it. Because you want to be a good child. Because you don't want to make mama angry. You don't want to upset daddy. Mm. So you're you're so much more aware of the feelings. And, and this is how a good narcissist is made. Okay? from trauma and toxicity around them during their formative years. So you can spot all of that, but you don't know how you feel because you've learned based on their reactions, based on their shaming, based on their rules, that who you are and what you feel is not valid. It is so much more important and you get rewarded. Mm. For doing and being who other people tell you to do, even if they're emotionally immature, even if they are toxic older males telling you that you don't need to be worried about love. You need to be focused on sex. Wow. That's a lot. Mm. That's where that
0: sense of self comes in. You really have to know it.
1: Well, (laughs) you have to be allowed to know it first. Facts. Wow. So let's
0: t- talk about this about men, how men are taught instant gratification through sex. <laughs>
1: Okay, you th- I've been doing a whole lot of talking. I don't want to like monopolize the whole show. Do you have- no, not at all? You are <laughs> dropping some gems
0: one inch at a time, girl.
1: <laughs> Ooh, men and instant gratification and women too, though. But you know, that's 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 that passive promiscuity. When you look at emotional maturity. And when you look at healthy relationships, healthy intimacy, it's characterized, it, it's about the long-term gains, right? Mm-hmm. It's about being able to manage emotions and f- foresee a future for yourself, have goals. And healthy intimacy and I'm going to bring it back to what you're saying. It's characterized by more than romance and intensity and sex. And it evolves over time. Just like when we talk about finances and saving, uh, long-term gains. So mm-hmm. loving relationships partially develop by utilizing those first exhilarating times, that the rush of connection, and then you build on that. Over time, building deeper relationships and connections and intimacy and vulnerability. Um, But if I'm feeling like I'm worth this, if I'm empty, if the toxic men around me are telling me that my identity should be wrapped up in how much girls I get and how much sex I have, then I am sacrificing myself. And I'm going to call myself an alpha male. I'm going to sacrifice my goals, my wants. The things I'm really interested in, and it could be Pokemon or baseball cards or some shit, but they told me that this is not what men do. Men are supposed to be conquests of women. Then that becomes how I see myself. And so if I have a hole of emptiness or loneliness or things that happen from childhood, well, just like any good addiction, and let me, let me, I don't took a note here. Gabor Mate. Is a trauma expert who I love. That's that's my trauma boo. I love him so much. And he says about addiction. You would you talk about um short term um short term? What was the word you use? The gratification, instant gratification, instant gratification, yes. Addiction, the his definition, it manifests in any behavior, including sex and emotional eating, because that's some of our favorites. They enjoy, an individual enjoys that you find relief and therefore craves in the short term and doesn't give up despite the long-term consequences. It's craving, pleasure, relief. Relief from what? That lets you know that Ooh. your ass got some places you need to heal. In short, It's relief in the short term and negative consequences in the long term and an inability to give it up. Now, Gabor also says, which I love, that addiction, any addiction is compensation for something lost in childhood. That's that emotional void you're talking about. So, your short your you know your that that instant gratification that's just a mask. It's just a tool that you're using to fill a void, and it's a temporary fix, and that's why it becomes addicting, just like with anything with social media. It doesn't give me the connection that I as a human need. You are designed to connect with other humans. This is how we evolved. In tribes, like your brain chemistry, like you, I I think I said this before. When a mother breastfeeds her baby, their brain, both of their brain, releases oxytocin. It's a bonding hormone. When you're connected to other humans, mm. you need it. But you're just like you know, I talked about not getting your needs met. You, it's like um, you're using sex as a form of intimacy, but you can never get enough because it's not completely satisfying. Oh my God. So that's where the, the incessant cheating or the... Yes, because at home, I'm probably feeling worthless and vulnerable because she, your, your shit is seen and it's on the table, dude. We see you. So instead of dealing with whatever's going on inside, I'm just go out and and, and bust me another and make myself feel a little bit better and tell myself that I'm a man for doing it. Right. May I read
0: this quote from uh, Rosie Milligan? This one literally took me out, literally. And before I read that, if anyone, again, uh, if you have any questions or if you want to come on air, definitely come. come yeah, come, come on. on. We don't have anywhere to be until Monday. Well, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, come on in the the room. It's all love here. This is going to piggyback on what you said, that uh, sex has become the chosen form of legal gratification and within reach for the economically deprived man. The vagina becomes the hideout for black men seeking to escape the woes of life's challenges, and the penis serves as a pacifier. And it's equally important also with Black women. So again, that passive promiscuity, that took me out when I read that. Oh my God.
1: That is so true because in... This culture, many of us feel powerless. and Especially when we look at certain events and we look at how we're treated, how we're respected. We got microaggressions and racism and then people saying racism doesn't exist. And we know our interactions. We know what our experiences have been. And power is something that men are told that they must have in order to be men. So I do think that it creates this complex um, dichotomy and this challenge of how, where do I fit in? Who am I as a man? And I know that I'm a target. Mm. You know what I'm saying in this life, I know that some women view my value based on my power based on my access to money and resources? And if you don't have that, who are you? And these are, these are questions I think that we really have to be willing to ask ourselves and be honest about. Um, because we become so wrapped up in the external, whether it's our family, what our family has done, shouldn't done, the culture, you know, the idea of what power represents that we don't know our own internal power. And I think that's why we hurt. That's why men seek sex and things, not not just men. We're talking about men in this case, but all of us and women too. Yeah, we do. We do. And I think we really have to get clear about what our definition of power is and the value that we are placing on it. We have to get clear because I can't control what happens in the culture. I can control how I show up in it. I can control how I interact with it and how I choose to value it. I don't have to accept what the culture tells me is real. I am impacted, but I can choose how I show up. But if I don't know that I don't own it. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for some short term gratification. And usually it's sex. Because that's what all the other powerless men around me who call themselves alpha males say I need to do in order to be respected. Wow. Mm. That's a
0: lot. That is a lot. It it really is. Robin said, Oh, damn.
1: (laughs) I love you, Robin.
0: (laughs) <laughs> hey, Robin. Robin, I'm with you, sis. I am with you on that. Oh, man. Um, Question. What is the difference between hypersexuality versus dysfunctional sex?
1: Is that the same? It can be. But you know what? I want to read because I highlighted in this book that we've been talking about, about power, the definition of power. yes. Power is the ability to define reality and have others respond to it as their reality. Powerlessness, then, is the inability of a group to realize its will or define its reality, particularly when there is an opposition by others. (laughs) So why I felt like that was important to end the conversation of power is... If it's this feeling of powerlessness that's driving dysfunctional behavior and hypersexuality, then we got to get clear about what we think and what we believe. Now, you asked about dysfunctional sex and hypersexuality. Mm -hmm. Hypersexuality is a compensation or the habitual use of sexual gratification to cope with the threat of personal inadequacy or the influence, you see, I got some notes here, or the influences of an overwhelming force such as our inferiorization. Now, really what that says to me as a therapist is toxic shame. (laughs) You're still going to back to, because toxic shame is um, not thinking that you have a problem. It's thinking that you are a problem. Thinking, But but do they really
0: feel someone who is, using sex as a tool, do they really think toxic shame or I'm not good enough? It's serious.
1: I, I don't, I'm not getting that. Help me out. Toxic down. shame is not conscious. Just like I talked about the ego defenses. It's, un, it's pushed to the unconscious, just like we're talking about denial. So the reason why they're having the sex is because they aren't conscious of of the way that they have owned and taken on this idea of worthlessness. That's why it's not conscious because I'm going out and I'm fucking everything and I'm getting my nut off. And look, these women like me and I got 16 people pregnant or whatever it is. I'm getting a dose of feeling valuable because at the core of who I am, unconsciously, I know I'm not. There's a hole there and we can act like we can deny the hole, but it shows in our behavior. It shows how we relate or the inability to relate and be vulnerable and connect and communicate with other people. Wow! It shows in there. So they're not thinking it anymore. Just like we talked about the driving. You don't think that you need to stop at a red light. Mm. Does that make sense? That's the power of your mind. That's why it's called the shadow. Because you have the ability to push things that are uncomfortable out of your conscious awareness. But when we do that, it drives our behavior. It drives who we attract. It drives the way we limit ourselves. The way we sabotage ourselves. No one denies that self-sabotage exists. We know it exists. We know we do it. But the cause... We struggle with it because we don't push that into the back of our mind, honey. So, what is something someone can do today, right now?
0: Once you get off, of, we get off of this life. What is something that they can do to propel that subconscious and make it come forward? Because right now, nobody's going to be able to go right now to a therapy appointment or say, "Oh, I'm
1: going to go to therapy."
0: What's something that they can do
1: from within? Well, you know, this is my specialty and this is what I teach. Um, One of the first things I want to say is that um, this real shit, this real life, this real showing up as a human and honesty, being honest with yourself, this... Healing work, this transformation from the inside out. This ain't some shit that you could do in 10 minutes and you know you could buy a pill. The culture sells us that shit because they they play on our wounds and our insecurities. They they sell us this shit because they know it ain't gonna work. That's why we keep buying, keep spending, buy every goddamn Jordan, every that he done made for the last 20 years, because this is how you're supposed to show your work. Mm. So saying all that to say, a way that you can begin to awaken to your truth, if you're willing, first of all, you got to be willing to see the truth. Because when you start to peel back those layers, honey, when you start to, there's a reason why it's in your unconscious. Because it's painful. Yeah. Because you chose to survive you know what I'm saying. So in Ooh. order for us to keep pressing to keep moving, I ain't got time for that. Go get up and go to work and take care of the kids. That pain is not at the front of your mind. You know what I'm saying. The way right. you might have been hurt, abused, neglected, it's not. It comes to the surface, and then you have sex. You bust a nut. You eat some cheesecake, which was one of my favorites. You know what I'm saying. You. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? You do what you do in, in self-protection because you're not either ready or busy or you've been triggered. That's why everybody knows triggered. You know trigger because your ass got some shit that you ain't addressed. Yeah, right. It is usually not what's there in front. It's what's back here. Yes. That's that's what, that I I do wound. what you're doing right now is reminding me of my wound. So you need to stop so I don't feel wounded. But no, you need to deal with your shit. So journaling can be a way that you can begin to gently unpack. Ooh. It is y- your ability to be in denial. That's what it is. It's your for your self-protection. Because for some of us with the things that we've been through, it can be entirely too overwhelming to deal with all of the pain and the trauma and the drama in two days. Like oh, okay. you might be in somebody's hospital somewhere. Because that would be too overwhelming for the mind and body to deal with. That's why it's it's a process when you go to therapy, when you uncover, when you realize the ways that you've been hurt. And journaling can help you through that process in a way that is safe for you. Does that make sense? It does. So when you're starting to ask questions about... What was going through my mind when I was triggered in this way, like a specific incident, what automatic thoughts, and this this is, you know, I'm talking therapy here, came through my mind. So, for example, um, because I'm like, should I use a toxic set? Because, you know, if I'm for a man to do this shit, I will be so surprised and it's a shame And elated if he's like, you know what, I got some toxic ass dick that I I've been a community dick and I just want to do better. Usually, especially for men, they have to hit rock bottom or close to it because the culture says that you're not a man if you uh, if you you, being weak is not manly, but it really is about being human. So, and I say that because I support men and being human because that's what you are. May okay. I um question, not a question, but more of a statement. So
0: that is that going back to when you and I had talked before offline about right, it would be so great if a man said, you know what, let me just for instance, like, hey Chris, he just commented, noted start journaling to unpack great self therapy. Okay, that to me that is awesome. I just That's don't see amazing. that. A man. I love you. Yeah, he he, he is a, an amazing man. But when you said rock bottom, I agree how women, we need to take some self-responsibility in that because that triggered my mind when you said how we are the codependent Mm -hmm. and not allowing the man. I don't say allowing, but. Okay. Uh, You're right. Allowing him to hit rock bottom. And, you know, we're putting out that red blanket the red flag
1: that we've been ignoring to cushion his fall so to speak his fall this right here is the real shit so this is the kind of shit that we need to be journaling so Mm. what makes how is toxic D able to survive you know what I'm saying how is this human being this lovely human being (laughs) able to continue to be toxic Well, you know, I talk about childhood trauma because this is where it starts. A toxic D generally needs to be admired because that's how his sense of worthlessness shows up. I need validation externally. Low self-esteem. Yes. But Mm. the woman who is the codependent, my worthlessness shows up because I'm constantly looking for external validation. I need to be needed. So I am going to partner with someone who needs me because that's how I have experienced love. So my attraction will be to people and projects and build the boys and down and outs and unavailable, unavailable men, people that I can help with all my strength and my superwoman, because that's what I do. I have answers. Yes, my love is toxic, but I'm a helpful bitch. (laughs)
0: God damn! Mm. <laughs> <I> <laughs> wait, I, wait. That's Ugh. what I do. I felt that that's in stable. my stomach.
1: <laughs> I felt that way in my stomach. <laughs> that's why we got to do our work. Because we think that we give in love when you're really giving manipulation. Wait. That's what you don't. You oh. really hit the nerve with me. Pull out a little bit. <laughs> Hold on. I done told your it's don't be trying to tap out. I done told you at the beginning. <laughs> Let me get used to it. Hold on.
0: <laughs> oh
1: my I'll, God. I'll, I'll, go slow. I'll go slow. I know it's big, honey. It's big. I know you like Omega size, the knowledge, the brains I'm talking about. <sighs> oh my God. And that goes back to that quote
0: I read earlier about the male. His penis for mm-hmm. the sexual, the instant gratification. How women wear the mm-hmm. mouth to that penis, literally.
1: Yeah, we are, and we do, and it give it can give a woman a sense of worthlessness. You know, a, a worth. You know, I can feel worthy because I'm so great in bed. I'm the best. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My sex is so good. He love my sex. Do he? Know mm-hmm. Do he know your heart? And I know, cause I that used to be me. I'm not judging, cause yeah, I know. No judgment. No <laughs> judgment here, cause <laughs> I done not did it.
0: <laughs> people who know me know I cannot talk. So trust me. <laughs> May I read a quote from a man that has commented? He said, "We are responsible, and as men, we need to do do better at killing our own toxic tendencies. At times, I've been guilty of expecting my woman to." <gasps> Fix it for me chris salute to you sir
1: wow i think i love you i love I him responsibility more responsibility and accountability is just now that's sexy it's sexy when you're born, when you done heal you know you're like oh that boy is fine baby he's fine <laughs> that is sexy
0: though a self-aware man Oh my god, an emotionally
1: intelligent man that just makes me that that's amazing. Wet. And that's the level of honesty that we have to have in order to have take real responsibility for our lives because our children are watching. And I really am have come to believe now that generational trauma is really an inability to love and be loved. Mm. That's what I really think that we are talking about here, because at no no point do we talk about love. We're talking about sex, hypersexuality, codependence, I need, you know, worthlessness. Where is the love? It was not mentioned. That was
0: a taboo four-letter word in this conversation, but it really isn't. Wow, you're right. We never mentioned it. May I read a couple more comments from the men in this? Please, please. He said... I think I need my own show. Okay. Chris said, it took a while, many falls. That mirror will tell you the truth when you listen to it.
1: What what made you look in the mirror, Chris? Because these are the conversations. Chris, if you'd like to come on... No pressure, but it will be great
0: There's a link in the description box And it will patch you right in And I'll, I'll let you in If you'd like to But yeah, I'm curious too What made you look in the mirror And he also said That mouth helps a lot But outside the bedroom It's the obstacle That we need to conquer Chris, if you don't get inside this room right like <laughs> We're gonna do a threesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'ma tag you in, girl. I'ma tag you in. I'm going first.
0: Like <laughs> I <I'll> wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tag in. Oh my God. And you know the the funny thing is, and I'm when I started putting out on my social media and emails about Toxic D. Oh, Chris is on set. Um, Chris, you can okay. leave me a voicemail,
1: but please,
0: oh, um, Chris. Oh, Chris, type your your business in the comment section. He has his own business. He's a medic, and he okay.
1: You calling him out? Let him ask him first. He might. What about that? Oh yeah, he keep his business out on social oh. media. Well, yeah, really you know, in this topic though, that's why I'm. I'm just asking. You know, I like the, I like the. You know, get we, consent is important. That's what I'm just saying. I don't
0: know. See, I just took it. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> if you'd like to, oh, see, so did a one medic
1: team. Oh, yes. he brought that. Okay, then you it's safe. That. It's safe. You, you know, we didn't want to. We, we, we wanted to make sure that you know we could. <clears throat> Excited. put Amen. it in that's all that's put it right. in the show but
0: now i lost my train of thought but you go ahead
1: oh no we was talking about oh who are we talking about somebody help us in the chat yeah <laughs> yeah robin chris hargrove
0: well while we wait on that um mm-hmm. I would love for you to come back and we could talk about so many things. We can do toxic D part three, definitely passive promiscuity for sure. You know, you specialize in the trauma work with that.
1: I, I specialize in passive promiscuity. I sure yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I got some healing, but you know, um, um, we absolutely can talk about that because I don't think it's talked about enough. And then when we talk about, you know, um, children being born out of wedlock and the impact that has, but also what is driving us. And I think it's very similar to what men experience, it's cultural expectations.
0: But mm. yeah, we'll talk
1: about that. I think I, I'm grateful for Chris being an example. Um, What it looks like to not just see oneself, but we all have to take responsibility for the contributions of the things that aren't working in our lives Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and being willing able to being willing to be honest about it and remove the shame. Because we have so much shame in our culture. Shame about poverty. You can't be poor. So you got to spend all your money looking like you ain't poor. stressing yourself to death, doing all the things that everyone else says you should be doing and being more and more unhappy about it. Right. And so I think that, you know, we just have to do the work and we have to love one another as much as we can in the process. Some people love from a distance, but I do think we have to love one another as we are really breaking generational curses
0: exactly Uh, we have our reminders they're telling us that we were talking about living in truth vulnerability and the healing
1: journey (sighs) vulnerability is really the f word for a lot of us absolutely we and and so many of us women Mm -hmm. i'm calling all y'all asses out because it was me too Y'all will be like, I'm so great. And I loved him so much. And, you know, I know how to be vulnerable. No, the fuck you don't. Yeah. Because if you did, you wouldn't have picked the dysfunctional ass toxic partner. Guilty. You don't. Yeah. I didn't. And when you pick someone who's toxic and dysfunctional, they're not going to require you to be vulnerable. Mm. That's why you picked them. Because they ain't asking about your heart. They're not like, well, let's sit down and process these feelings and these emotions that you have. Help, you know, your childhood wounds are leaking into our relationship. Can we discuss them so that we can move forward as mature, emotional adults? They ain't doing that shit. No. Women, so many super women do not know how to be vulnerable, because I'm about to tell on us. Because you were taught that love is what you do, not who you are. Oh! <gasps>
0: Guess who's patching in? Who? Chris. Chris!
1: Hi, everybody loves Chris. Everybody,
0: <laughs> everybody loves Chris. I'm letting you in so we can do this train on you. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see. You
1: have some verbal lube. I'm, I'm going to let you have some verbal lube today. Hi,
3: Chris. Oh, wow. What's up? Hey, Dave? How, babe? Hey, How you
2: are you, love?
0: Yes, I'm we well, can I'm hear well. you.
1: And we can see your handsome okay. face. Yes, you are handsome. Yes.
3: Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Chris, we have a question yeah. for you.
3: I try. No problem. I may have some man. I probably can help you out a little bit.
0: Okay, because you're breaking up a little bit. But we wanted to know what was you're it. What hear? was? Yes, we can now. What was the shift in you to look in the mirror and look at your true self, your inner self, not the Chris that everybody knows, not the A1 medic, but the true Chris?
3: You're saying about what made me look in the mirror? Too many fails. Too many fails. When you start blaming everybody or people start asking you, Why didn't that situation work? What happened to y'all? You know, uh, you have to ascertain just how, how responsible are you of that fail, that departure. And many times, if you're honest with yourself, some of us will see, yo, when we think we 10% responsible, we might be 90% responsible, you know, and that was me, you know, uh, self-esteem issues you know uh i was always looking for uh always looking for validation i always wanted my girl to tell me i was fine and sexy and wanted me and stuff like that Uh, and if somebody else told me that then that's what i gravitated to you know it seemed like everybody else think that you hot stuff but when your lady think that you are right you corny then you know now you got problems so you know we need these celebrate birthday like celebrations for one another when it's not your birthday you know so that's that's something that's one thing that i learned was to have celebrations for one another you know it could be christmas and it could be june you know so and and constantly look at yourself, you know, look at your partner. If she not if she or he ain't a rocking for you like that, if they not wearing CBs or you know, my A1 medics then something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? If more strangers are wearing my stuff than my girl, then you know you gotta, gotta look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I started reflecting and seeing you know what is the baggage that I'm carrying? How is it affecting my relationship? Yes. You know, yes. instead of me looking at her, her, you know, look at myself. What 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 energy am I giving her? You know what I'm
0: saying? So I love it. I hear started. you
1: because I wanted to tell wow. him like I'm so glad that he took the time to even listen to us, listen to women talking about this topic absolutely. And I so appreciate his authenticity.
0: Yeah, I just typed it in there. Chris, I know mm. you can hear me, but you'll look on the playback. We do Okay, he's off. We do uh, appreciate your authenticity I'm picking back on what Sarita said. That was amazing, wasn't it?
1: It it really was. Um and it shows his openness because um being willing to look at yourself and look at your life and see where you are. That's our real power. Because when we're not, that's how it's easy to fall prey to addictions. You want to self-medicate the truth and run and avoid it. And it only creates more chaos. So I'm, I'm grateful for, for him.
0: I love what you said about the self-medicate. Wow. That that's something. Mm. Replace the self-medication with the self-love. That's
1: you know, girl. Uh, that's what I live for. You know, that's what I'm about. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna start wrapping it up.
0: Before I do that, if anybody, if you're listening, wait. Uh, Hargrove said, "There's nothing like genuine love flowing free like water, as to an attachment like tug of war." May all enjoy your day and have a safe weekend. Uh, Thank you, Hargrove. But um, anybody who's listening, if you would love for Sarita and I to come back for another Freedom Friday, type a uh, yes in the comment section. We got to hear from you, let, just let us know. But before we wrap up, Sarita, can you tell everyone, what do you have going on on your end? And how they
1: can receive help from you or some um, insights. So, I have a group for uh, former control freaks, you know, hoes in recovery, (laughs) people who are ministers. To the world who have so much passion and love to give, women who've experienced trauma, because that's really what I'm talking about. I teach women how to heal from the heartbreak of trauma, disappointment, and disconnection through cultivating authentic self-worth and practicing self-love. And I do that in my program, Love University, because love has to be taught. It has to be learned. Yes, we are love at the core of our being, but through life experiences, it teaches you to disconnect and shut down from being that loving being. So that's why I said that love is about really reconnecting with yourself and who you really are, because naturally at your core. You are joyful and playful and creative and curious and compassionate and accepting. I see that in my child. And that's what we are reconnecting with our inner child, child. our truth, our higher self. And you can certainly um, go to my website. And yes, you can read a little bit about Love University. It's being updated. And because I realized that there's so much that I do that I don't communicate on the website. But feel free to reach out to me if you want to know if this is for you. Because it's a safe space to be authentic, to embrace your journey and join the sisterhood, honey. The sisterhood that is full of love and compassion and like minds. And again, we keep it real. <laughs> we do. I've been a part of the group and it's
0: definitely a safe place, safe it's it's a healing place, and what I loved about it is that there were no judgment whatsoever, because you'd be surprised everybody's going or has gone through the same thing.
1: Do it, are yeah. It's yeah. a experience, baby.
0: It really is. Uh, I'd love for you all right now to please follow the page black girls getting their shift together if you are viewing on youtube please subscribe and hit the bell so you can get all the notifications and definitely take a look at sarita's website i also put it in the description box as well so oh so people do want us to come back for freedom friday and if you all have any show topics Just leave me a message. DM me. uh, My email is listed. Contact me and let me know. And I just want to say, Sarita, guess what? What? You have definitely qualified as a black girl that has her shift together. Ah! Girl, I got
1: my shift. Hey, I got my shift. Hey. Thank you. And you know, I sat
0: in it. You triggered me a lot, but I I had to be about what I talk about, and you took it all the way to the base today.
1: You made my stomach hurt, but I got used to it. (laughs) I love it, and I'm grateful. And I'm going to come back for more. (laughs) I'm grateful that I'm so well endowed with so much knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Like. and I this space and place being able to be authentically me and all the parts of me showing up and being accepted and loved. This is why I love my, my sisters. So thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you, and I love you all.
2: This the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means, and being with self-esteem, beauty supreme, and booty walk so mean, the way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens, Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your spots and getting closer to God, huh? Brush with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess Heavenly order, levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic Melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog.